I want to thank Alan for the privilege that we have to be here with you this morning. And it, it's been a really long time <clears throat> and something that reminded me of how long it's been <clears throat> is when a dear, precious, and beautiful young lady came up to me and spoke to me, and that's Emily Bishop. Uh, she was a little little bitty gal, and uh, if you uh, look at her now, you know she's really grown up. So, But Emily, it's good to see you, and I love you dearly. We're thankful that our son Mark and his dear wife Leanne's with us also, and we appreciate uh, them coming to be with us. It's it, it's kind of sad to speak to you this morning um, with with things the way they are, and I've I felt like that I should just kind of bring you a, a lesson that uh, is maybe a little bit uh, premature, but what I'd like to. Um, uh, try my best to uh, speak to you about this. We have a friend that called us this morning and uh, uh, was not going to be able to be with us. I'd like to ask you to pray for him and his family in, in that regards and uh, uh, pray for me this morning that uh, the Lord could use some of the words that we say that would be meaningful and if you have your Bibles this morning, and I hope you do, uh, if you would turn with me to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 24. And I'd like to read uh, from verse 35 to several verses here in Matthew, chapter 24. And as you know, Matthew's Gospel is highly dispensational and prophetic. And these are words that uh, he, he utters for us. And I want to try to um, uh, look at four different places, this being the first uh, in the Scriptures this morning. And I hope that it will be meaningful to you. Matthew chapter 24, and if you will begin reading in verse 35, we'll read together. Matthew says here, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Thank God for what Jerry read. Thank God for the great truth that the Lord's Word will never pass away. Those who teach and preach that word are standing on good ground. And the Lord is in admonishing us in regards to this. But in verse 36 of Matthew 24, the Lord Jesus says, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, 
marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field, the one shall be taken, the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken, the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered the house to be broken. Therefore be also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household, to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant, whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants, and to eat and drink with the drunken, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him, and in an hour that he is not aware of and shall cut him asunder, and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites, and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I want to <clears throat> call your attention this morning to uh, the 37th verse. I hope that you will see that the Lord Jesus says, But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now, I'm sure you've heard this, and the Scripture that I'm reading is a little bit ahead of the time where we are. But this just, um, it coincides in so many ways with the, the conditions that exist. So what does the Lord mean when He says, as the days of Noah were? Now, in order to recognize that, you have to turn back with me to Genesis chapter 4 and chapter 5 and chapter 6. These are the days that exist before the flood came. And if you'll, if you'll look back there in these three chapters, we'll just kind of um, go through them and, uh, and look, look at some things that, that the Lord is referring to. If you look in Genesis 4, you're going to see this story of Cain and Abel. And you will see uh, that Cain is murdered Abel, Cain is standing before the Lord in his vengeance, and uh, he has built a city in chapter 4 of Genesis in verse 17. 
And then there is all kinds of remarkable things that have occurred. The descendants of Cain have done many, um, uh, have many inventions and so forth. They have developed in regards to the worldly needs. It's kind of ironic when you read Genesis 4, 16 through 25, how that there is all kinds of uh, uh, inventions that relate to music, that re relates to metalwork, that relates to agriculture, and so forth. And then you come to Genesis 5, and you see the genealogical line that comes to uh, Noah and then eventually uh, to the Lord Jesus Himself, and there's nothing there. It's just the fact that they lived, they had a child, and they died. But in comparing that, don't forget that the Lord says, blessed is he that dieth in the Lord. And you, you, can, you can see that there's a great, there's a great uh, difference between Genesis 4 and Genesis 5. Nothing outstanding here except one thing. There was a man who did not see death and was taken out of the way. And this is, this is what we look forward to today. In regards to the world, the world is developing. Uh, it has ingenuity. Uh, it has spectacular things such as computers, uh, which are the evilest thing that ever occurred on the face of the earth, uh, <laughs> because I don't have one. But at any rate, um, <clears throat> then look with me in chapter six for a minute. In Genesis chapter six, we have this story of the sons of God. And uh, associating themselves uh, with the daughters of men. Now, I'm I'm believing that the sons of God are angelic or spirit beings. Others don't agree with that. However, when we get to heaven, they'll see it then, like I do now. But um, at, at any rate, uh, this is this is what. I believe, and this was uh, a, an awful tragedy. There were giants in the earth at that time. Look in Genesis 6 and verse 5. You'll see that these days of Noah that our Lord refers to in Genesis 5, that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. 
you'll see uh, in verse 8 that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And in verse 9, he was a just man. Now, I want you to consider something. Noah's father and his grandfather was alive before the flood came. And if Noah uh, was the only one who found grace in the eyes of the Lord, this means that Methuselah and Lamech uh, were not right in the eyes of the Lord. It prevailed everywhere. And you'll see in verse 12 that the earth was corrupt. All flesh had corrupted His way upon the earth. Look in verse 13. The earth was filled with violence. So you can see that the prosperity of the world in Genesis 4, the advancement in the technology that exists there, and then the subdued relationship in Genesis 5, and then you look at all of this thing, the things that are wrong in Genesis 6. There is demonic activity, uh, there is corruption, and the imaginations uh, of man's heart is evil, and there is violence all over the world. Now, I want you to turn back to Matthew 24 for a minute. If you hold your hand here just for a second, and look back <clears throat> to, to Matthew chapter 24, the Lord Jesus refers to this. He calls our attention to it. He's saying this is significant. I want you to uh, pay attention to this. <clears throat> Look in verse 38 for a minute <clears throat> of Matthew chapter 24. He says, For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered into the ark. Now ask yourself this question. Jesus, why did Jesus not refer to any of the things that we've just read in Genesis 4, 5, and 6. What Jesus mentioned here was that they were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage. He didn't mention anything at all about violence. He doesn't mention anything about corruption. He doesn't mention anything about demonic activity or the advancement of the worldly people that were in existence during that time. Why would He not mention that? 
the things that Jesus mentions in Matthew 24 are normal. They're, they're good. Jesus knows that everyone has to eat. He knows that it's necessary for men to drink certain things. <laughs> but, um, and it's normal to marry and to be given in marriage. What's the Lord trying to show us here? So often, in many instances, men have tried to make this verse teach that the Lord's saying that these things were evil. They're not. They're not evil at all. But you know what the Lord's trying to show us? He's trying to show us that mankind will just go about his normal activities and not really be aware of the judgment of God that's about to fall. Proof of that is in verse 39 of Matthew 24. In verse 39, Jesus says, they knew not until the flood it wasn't that they didn't believe what Noah said. They didn't know. They were ignorant of it. Can you not see this morning that the world is ignorant of the coming judgment of God upon this world? Well, how is that possible? It's possible because of what Paul said in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. I'd like for you to turn there with me for a minute. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. In this chapter... Paul writes to this church at Thessalonica. <clears throat> and he's, he's telling these, these folks in this city of Thessalonica not to be alarmed in regards to uh, the day of Christ. In verse 3, he says there'll be a falling away and the man of sin will be revealed. In verse 9 of chapter 2 in 2 Thessalonians, he says, there'll be a coming after the, work of, the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. In verse 10, he says this will be with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. Because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe 
Allah. What's happening in our world this morning is, in my opinion, the beginning of this strong delusion that will cover the earth and men will turn from the truth to believe a lie. And that lie is to deny God, as Romans chapter 1 indicates. What's happening to our world? We are entering a period of time from which there will be no change until Jesus comes. And if you... If you look with Genesis chapter 6, God told Noah that. And if today you pay attention to the preaching of the world, you seldom hear about the second coming of Jesus Christ. In regards to this, think about what's happening. If you're an older person, look with loving, heartbreaking eyes on the younger generation and see what's occurring. What will they face? We have entered into a period of time when men under this strong delusion are going about their normal activities with no thought in regards to the events that are occurring in the world as meaning that our Lord Jesus is soon to return. It used to be that men would be alarmed when you spoke of the mark of the beast. You need not worry about that today. Look at the athletes. Look at the young people. All of them are marked. They probably won't be room for the mark of the beast uh, uh, on the way they're marking their bodies. It used to be that men would refer to the awful event and say that someday governments will reinstitute the guillotine and people would be beheaded. That's not true today. The evil forces of our day are doing it on their own. It is an indication of the fact that our Lord Jesus is soon to return. And before my time runs out, let me point something out to you. 
This week we have seen the fulfillment and the actual experience of Romans chapter 1. When men professing themselves to be wise become fools. There are at least five in the world today. Well, maybe six in the White House, but anyway. Um, think of this. All over this nation, there's a flag that's flowing. And you would say, what's wrong with that? It's blasphemy against the holy God. Do you remember that we said in Matthew 24 that Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah? Why would He refer to Noah? Why would He say that? Do you know what the flag is that's flowing in all of the perverted communities today? It's the rainbow. Do you know what God gave as His assurance that the world would never be flooded again? It's His beautiful rainbow. And these people are blaspheming the covenant of God. Do you know why? God gave that rainbow as a covenant and a promise that as long as the earth contended, there would be summer and winter, seed time and harvest, day and night. And do you know why that's important? Is because in Jeremiah 33, God says, if you can break my covenant with day and night, then you can break my covenant with David. It is an affront to the covenant relationship that God has made with His people Israel. And don't forget this. In days to come, one of the leading harbingers of this sexual perversion will be Jerusalem. And the way you know that is because in the Revelation chapter 11, in the time of the tribulation, it will be called Sodom. We have entered into an era from
from which there will be no return for our country. Glenda and I rode around in the community in the quiet hours of a Sunday morning. And someday, someday soon, God Almighty will not allow this blasphemy and perversion to continue. There are movements in institutional churches today to destroy the nation of Israel. They even advocate the Palestinians running the Jews out of that land into the sea to prove their theology. And one of the leading churches behind that is the United Church of Christ of Canada. They have a huge church in Chicago, Illinois, where our president attended for 20 years. If Isaiah chapter 3 is important, when Israel disobeyed God and turned away from Him, God gave them leaders that did not belong there. Some of them were children. Some of them were women. Yes, I'm opposed to that. But in regards to that, let me leave you with a thought from our fourth portion of Scripture, and it's in Isaiah chapter 25. You'll look for a minute to Isaiah chapter 25. Look with me in Isaiah 25. We begin down in verse 6 if you'll, if you'll look there for a second. Isaiah the prophet forecasts something, and in verse 6 he says, In this mountain shall the Lord of hosts make unto all people a feast of fat things, a feast of wines, of fat things, full of marrow, of wines, on the lees, well refined. In verse 7, He will destroy in this mountain the face 
of the covering or the delusion cast over all people and the veil that is spread over all nations. And that's when our Lord Jesus will come to rule and reign in His kingdom. When He will dispel all of the foolish notions, all of the things that this world has counted as important when He comes to rule. We have much to look forward to. We have much to dread in the next few days as well. God's wrath will not tolerate blasphemy but so long. He will not give this world rest. Now close by saying in Matthew 24, you'll notice that Jesus said that there'd be two in the field, that there'd be two women grinding at the mill. If you compare that with Luke's Gospel, you'll see that Matthew left one out. In Luke, it says there'll be two men in the bed, but he left that out in Matthew. And what he's saying, in my opinion, is this. In Luke, there is the rest, the sleep. In Matthew 24, he's saying there is to be no rest for the wicked. As Jerry mentioned to you this morning about holiness, let that ring deep in each of our hearts and our lives. I hope that you're aware of the times in which we live. They're dreadful times and will only get worse. And the only good news is that we know Jesus Christ and we believe that the rapture is imminent at any time. And you would say, preacher, that's almost unimaginable. We're all going to be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Do you know why Jesus referred to Noah? In Hebrews chapter 11, by faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet. I've never seen the rapture. I've never seen the Lord coming. But I guarantee you that will occur. It will happen, and I intend to stick to it as long as God gives breath. And if you will, bow with us, and we'll close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we look about this morning. We, we see precious young people 
we would pray that your loving, godly, powerful hand would be upon them, that they may know Jesus Christ. We pray for these young men and young ladies that you would guide their lives and protect them. We pray for each one of us who are elderly and older that you would help us to set an example before them to live faithfully and true and in the holiness of which we've read this morning. Lord Jesus, help those who were unable to be with us today in the homes where disturbances and difficulties have arisen. Help us in this congregation to leave with a determination to serve you, to love you, and though we can't change things that have occurred, we can, as both Enoch and Noah, walk with you in grace and truth. Dismiss us in your love and care. In Jesus' name, amen. Bye.